Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. That's Arthi. That's Noor. And you're listening to The Reality Is. host a party and say blah 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 night with arthi yeah and you then would? I would give a uh, yeah sure why not because and i would sell tickets because <laughs> if you are going to put that on the as the name of the party yeah <laughs> what was this party ebony okay guys guys <sighs> friends friends yeah. we've got our jade rollers out okay <laughs> this okay. Need, uh, yeah i needed it now Okay, we're talking about Real Housewives of New York and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills from this week. And we're starting with Real Housewives of New York, obviously. Now, this week on Real Housewives of New York, there was a Harlem night party that Ebony hosted. And Ramona and Ebony had quite an interesting exchange. We also mm-hmm. met Bershon. So what do you do think about this Harlem night party that Ebony threw? I was expecting a lot more. Is it, Maybe it was because it was COVID time. And this is the best they could do is get the speakeasy in the restaurant and they could only have the small group there. And But the way Ebony spoke about it and the way it was billed, I expected a lot more there. I wanted more visual learning. They also came there in the middle of the night. It was so dark. It's winter, so it gets dark. You couldn't see enough of Harlem. Yes. It could have been anywhere in New York. It really could have been anywhere. To like go to Harlem and then go to like a bar where you do have obviously a black chef make them delicious food and everything like that. I feel like we barely got to see the food. We just exactly. I didn't know. We focused on this Harlem cuisine that I yeah know about. Like, what is so special about the food? Let me see that. It was a very strange gathering, and I'm really Uh glad that everyone sort of was like. You all are feeling what we're feeling, right? Because this Mm -hmm. is weird. Mm -hmm. It just became very evident that Ebony is treating her time on Real Housewives of New York more like – it's. I feel two ways about it. One, I do think that in December, November time, this is Mm -hmm. something that we thought about all the time. We did think about – what was going on in the world, mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. It was a time when a lot of people felt like their platforms should be used to talk about right. things that matter in the world. Hello. We started our podcast around that time, and it was because we wanted to talk more about things right. that are happening in the world along with the petty shit that we like to watch on TV. Right. So I understand, right? So I feel like I get why Ebony chose to have this like sort of educational thing, but it's like – Our friend Les says, not everything has to be a fucking teachable moment. Mm -hmm. And Ebony is such an A-type Virgo. She has an assignment. She's done the research for it. And she wants it to be amazing. And she wants the reaction to it to be, you did amazing. And Mm -hmm. we're so much better for now spending time with you. But Ebony, this isn't Fox News. And this isn't an assignment. 
And you are also being paid to be on Real Housewives of New York to have authentic, real friendships with people. Yeah. I, I She is producing herself and not being authentic about everyday stuff. And yes. I think because it's one thing to go through it in one episode or two episodes, but it's another thing to go through it in every episode where we are seeing this part of Ebony. Yes, it's part and parcel of Ebony. This is who she is. This is what she does. Yes. But there's also more to you, Ebony. Yeah. There's also more to you that we as just general human beings could connect on that we don't get to see. And this happens. and, And this is not, abnormal because I think even in our workplaces we have somebody who has a lot of information that they want to share and they go ahead and share it but it's all facts and there's nothing that comes in that's more on the sub level sub cerebral level where it's about feelings and what you what you truly are who are you truly as a person so we don't get to see that beyond me being an immigrant what am I what other things do I what what other things am I interested in? And I don't know. I don't know what else she's interested in. I don't know. I, I have only gotten one dimension of Ebony and not the others. And you know, it's interesting because I think if she had brought in this energy on, let's say, her first episode. Yeah. If our very first interaction with Ebony was she was like telling, teaching all these women a thing, I would say, okay, this makes a little bit of sense. But we've had this where you've now built a normal friendship with them. You even had this awkward interaction where you Mm -hmm. all had to sit down and talk about it. While I think it's really important for everybody to learn and understand and listen, we see later on that apparently Ramona is (laughs) casually, she's spending her downtime learning as much as possible as -hmm. she can probably because she doesn't want to get canceled which again i think i don't care hawaii i don't care you like you said you dangled the carrot Mm -hmm. we found the carrot we're dangling in front of ramona and ramona seems to be getting it to some degree even if her political beliefs are completely different than ours at least she is slowly starting to understand that she doesn't know everything and the thing that i want ebony to understand is that in this situation, you have so much information to impart on these women, but you also don't know these women and you're not getting to know them when you have a gathering like this. Yeah, it would have been different if Ebony had invited them to a third-party Black event where they could sit and watch and learn on their own pace, at their own pace. The way she had those candles and maybe she could have given them something extra with it and said, read at your own pace, but here's something that's also in your baggage. Yeah. A I think that would have been amazing. Har- Harlem history and take it home and read it or whatever. Fine. But there was less about, I grew up in Harlem or I had these experiences in Harlem. There was less about Harlem and more about let me teach you all of you white women what you need to know. And she was the only one. If Barshan hadn't shown up, there were no other people there. So she was going to teach everybody around the table. It yeah. wasn't that she had other people that were sort of part, part and parcel of it. So there was going to be, it was going to be like, oh, you're going to imbibe it, osmosis. Yeah. You're going yeah. to be there. You're going to learn. No, it was like, I'm going to teach each of you today. And this is, it was like class 
with Ebony K. Williams. So initially when the candles came, I said, oh, that's really nice. It's a Black-owned business. It's Mm -hmm. these different candles that identify different things for each person. Wonderful. I think that's great. She could have put whatever identity that she had matched to them. She could have put a card about that identity inside of the box and said, this is the person that I think that you remind me the most of that is quintessential or important to Harlem history. Even if she had put like two sentences for each of those people and put the card in front of them and asked the ladies to read what they had in front of them, that would have been different. She told them to read the name and then she gave the explanation. It was was so weird. Now, what did you think about Brashan? Brashan seems to have lived through a lot. She has, obviously, she had stage four cancer. Yeah. And I work with a lot of stage four patients. And I have been an advocate for that group for a long, long time. Wait, can you tell us about the group? So the group is called metaviver.org. Metaviver as in metastasis of cancer and living with cancer versus a survivor. As Mm -hmm. Bershan identifies herself as a survivor, most metavivers will say they they are not survivors once you get stage four. You can have remission to a certain extent, but you never know when it'll come back. Yeah. And you live from one uh, one treatment regimen to another, and then you have you have breaks between your uh, your progression. And then you sort of live a normal life before it comes back, and then you have a different mutation, and you have to go and get another treatment. So they are living with cancer. They are not surviving. They have to monitor themselves. And it's a long, it's, it's, they're living with it. It's a terminal um, illness. So you mm-hmm. live with it. So some of the terminology that Barshan was using is something that are, we have fought long to sort of abolish. Okay. Because we don't want to use the word survivor when you, survivor implies that you are over it and you're normal and you, your, your struggle is done. But when yeah. you have stage four, you're going to struggle throughout your life and you're faced with your mortality throughout your life. And that is something they wanted to identify the struggles of somebody living with cancer for the rest of their life. And Mm. imagine having diabetes and living with diabetes for the rest of your life. That's how it is. I see. But Bershan has an outlier um, and good for her. Uh, So she is definitely an outlier with the number of years since stage four diagnosis. So that's awesome. That's awesome. So she's gone through a lot. I think because she's gone through a lot and she faces her mortality so often, she is not as hung up on teachable moments and things like that. Yes, exactly. Which again, I'm not saying that Ebony, what Ebony is doing is wrong. Ebony should do it. It is just the amount and the number of times and the the places she uses to do it. It, It's just, we want to get to know you better. And that's where we are feeling a disconnect. Even later, she goes to Ramona's house to have this like whatever drinks or whatever, right? And she's, she brings up. She jumps into it right away. She brings up the election. There's no small talk. And it almost would have made more sense if she had brought up the election while she was at the Harlem night instead, yeah. because yeah. it would make more sense that you're talking about the black experience. You're talking about the first black, the first female vice president who also happens to be black, who went to your HBCU because Ebony yeah. went to Howard, right? Yeah. So you could have brought it up then because it is more important to talk about your experience, Ebony, as a person, how so much of black excellence gets overlooked. Yeah, and she is part of that 
black excellence. She is black excellence. Yeah, so she should be talking more about her personal experience and how she came up. Yes. We want to know that. Exactly. And that would have been very interesting to the women too because it's about her and not about a historical lesson. Now with Bershan, I completely agree with you where it seems like Bershan is somebody who has, she's had to face, like you said, her mortality and therefore has a different point of view about this stuff when it comes to things like race. She says, I don't like to think about it that way. I, I don't want to talk about it. We're all just people. Because, you know, I'll tell you when, I mean, we, you and I can relate to this. Mm-hmm. When you do have to experience the world of cancer, mm-hmm. those things really don't come up yeah. in your mind because yeah. everybody is sick on the floor. Yeah. Everybody is has an IV to them. Everybody is feeling the same fears yeah. at that time. And obviously understanding that some people have more privilege than others. Some people have more access to different medication than others. And we recognize that that is obviously a huge mm-hmm. thing. We have ma- massive disparities in healthcare when it comes to how Black people are treated. When you are going through cancer, when I have cancer, when I have cancer and I am thinking about my cancer and my mortality, everything else falls falls to the wayside uh, wayside because i am so focused on me and my health and my mental sanity and my happiness and how i'm going to live live my life that's all i can focus on exactly i cannot be bothered with anybody else's viewpoints and their the way they live their life i just don't have the bandwidth i don't have time exactly and it kind of was one of those things where i felt bad for Bershan because i wonder sometimes if she was sort of saying the things that she was saying because she could sense how awkward it was for the other women right and uh, how odd was it and how typical of Ramona to bring Bershan first of all she says (laughs) she's gonna bring Bershan because she had plans with her anyways right yeah then she brings Bershan over and then leaves her behind and walks away and Bershan doesn't even blink her eyes like she knew that Ramona was gonna bounce well Ramona had vertigo (laughs) (laughs) wait you know what it seemed like when she says, Ugh, I, you know, I have to go. I don't feel good. And Sonia says, is it your vertigo? And Ramona goes, Sonia is being sarcastic. And Ramona is like, yeah, how do you know? But I, it almost seemed like the way they were kind of doing it is I was like, this is a shtick you guys have done before to get out yeah. of something. You yeah. know, this it is seems a cold like, word. Yeah. It seems <laughs> like maybe depending on whose party they're at. Sometimes Sonia says she has vertigo and then they do this thing where she's like, watch, we're going to show you how vertigo works. And then, oh, yeah, it's an inner ear thing. And like the way she left, it reminded me of what it reminded me of when um, <laughs> it reminded me of when she was at the Berkshires. <laughs> And she left left abruptly and she like got a private jet to escape because she was so traumatized being in the the woods. (laughs) It reminded me of that. But also, it's like, uh, is Vertigo, Vertigo the code name for Harry Dubin? Oh my God. Oh, Oh, you have Harry today? Okay, I'll have Harry tomorrow. I'll have Vertigo tomorrow. But also... (laughs) It's like what you got vertigo from climbing down three like three <laughs> stairs, three or four stairs down into the cellar. I know. It was so strange. Uh, it was I loved so it. It was a classic Ramona moment. I love when the music changes when it turns into like clown music in the background. Yeah. When Ramona's doing her <laughs> shtick. Uh, uh, that was mm. funny. 
Luan, so how did you, wh- yeah. what did yeah go what did yeah. you think of uh Ebony and Ramona's conversation then Yeah so later Ebony has goes over to Ramona's house Ebony immediately brings up the election and says she's really excited mm-hmm. for Kamala Harris and she thinks that Ramona should be excited too because she's a woman and Ramona says I don't want to talk about politics and it was weird because the whole episode I was like mm, it feels strange to be on Ramona's side even though she did yeah. this fake vertigo thing to leave a party but then Ramona really starts to have a meltdown and then she gets up and goes into her bedroom. She tells Ebony, I'm leaving. I'm like, leaving your own house? Like, where are you going? <laughs> that's, I know that's your MO, but you cannot leave your own house, Ramona. <laughs> yeah, so- how much did she wish in that moment that she was in Ebony's apartment instead of hers? So she could have actually left. Yeah, it's and it was almost like she didn't know how to tell Ebony to leave. leave so she yes. was just like, I'm going to take a step. I'm going to go talk to my personal friend. Best friend, Coco, Coco, who is apparently, what, deaf and blind? Yeah. Coco is old. (laughs) What what was Coco hearing? And then she's just sitting there and she's talking to Coco about how she's so stressed out because she doesn't want to talk about politics and she's been trying to do some reading and she's trying to understand. And then she puts on this necklace. Like, I'm gonna wear this necklace. It's a butterfly necklace. I got it custom made. It's me and Avery. We're both butterflies. I'm gonna wear this because it makes me feel pretty. And then she like does her Ramona walk that Bethany does. You know yeah. that that like yeah. weird wobbly walk. She yeah. does that walk. She she tells Ebony, "This is a necklace and it makes me feel pretty." And a lot of people ask me where I got it from, but it's custom made. You can't get it anywhere. Anyway, I just want to wear this because it makes me feel pretty. Like, Ebony's kind of looking at and her And Ebony's like, like, okay, but then let's talk <laughs> more about okay. I'm like, Ebony. Yeah, uh, so that's the thing. I'm like, it was yeah. like, I thought in that whole scene, I thought it was both, but I felt I cringed for both of them. Yes. Ebony just pushing, pushing, pushing and enjoying Ramona's discomfort. Yes. When Ramona has clearly said to her multiple times, I don't want to talk about politics. I don't. At some point, you're pushing boundaries. You're pushing into somebody's personal space. You're telling them you want. If the if the roles were flipped and I was in a Trumper's house and the Trumper said, no, I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it. I want to talk about abortion. Yeah. I want to talk about this. And I would feel super uncomfortable. I'm trying yeah. to be respectful to you as a guest but I feel super uncomfortable and now I have to ask you to leave and that would be how I feel so that made me cringe for Ebony then on the other hand Ramona just melting down because she didn't want to talk politics (laughs) Ebony even gave her an out where she said aren't you happy that you know there's a woman there's somebody that uh, our daughters can look up to and Ramona could have said yes that made me so happy and that would have been the end of it but even if it doesn't make Ramona happy right yeah. like there's a way to talk about these things that makes it a personal thing right yeah. where yeah. you don't need the other person to agree with you and that's what I get yeah. frustrated with Ebony about is sometimes it seems like she presents things waiting for the other person to agree or disagree with her in almost yeah. like a testing way like yes. she could have said Ramona I'm so so relieved. I know you don't, I know you're not happy about it and that's okay. That's your opinion, but I'm really happy because I'm a black woman yeah. and I'm really excited about Kamala Harris. 
for X, Say it as your experience. Say yes. why, why you are happy with the outcome and let that other person feel that versus aren't you happy? What do you think about it? I want your opinion. I want you to say it on camera. And Ramona is desperately not trying to not say the wrong thing. And she's so afraid in that moment. And she is having a meltdown. And Ramona goes into the realm of white fragility, right? She yes. goes into that extreme, whereas Ebony is really, really should have stopped 10 minutes ago. Yes. With that being said, at the end, Ramona does understand because Ebony sits there and she waits for Ramona to calm down so that she can explain herself. And she says, this is what well, this is white fragility, Ramona. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening right now mm-hmm. is you don't want to talk about it. At the same time, Ebony, you're in somebody else's home mm-hmm. and like maybe just don't don't mention it. Yeah. about politics right now like let's yeah. let's not do that since they asked you not to since they asked you not to uh but somehow at the end they make up and it's fine but we did find out you know out- how they make up you know how they make up ramona no. uses the trick she uses with sonia she yeah. jumps on her and gives her a big hug and literally smothers Ebony's. That oh. is Ramona's signature move to stop a meltdown at any given time. That's have so you smart. never, have you noticed that? Like anytime anybody has a meltdown, Ramona will hover around and she's get gets all antsy. And then she swoops down and just hugs them, hugs the shit out of them. And then they have to calm down and, you know, just wow. say, oh, you are crazy. Fine, I'll give up and I will just, you know... <laughs> She's done wow. it with Bethany. She's done it with She's Sonia. never done it with Leah, I think. I don't think she... She's done it with Leah. Oh, too. she did she do it with Leah. Yes, Leah. Yes, yes, She's yes. done it with Leah. She does it all the time. This is Ramona's move. When she does, she runs out of stuff to say and she doesn't know how <laughs> to control the situation. She just basically hugs the shit out of the person and tells them how much she loves them. Oh, my and God. And she talks over them. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. And she just talks over them. And she just smothers the conversation and it ends. (laughs) Hey, it seems to be working. But even then, it is interesting that they keep showing these other scenes where Ramona is talking about what she's learning. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, it is funny because Ramona doesn't know what microaggression is. And she gets the name of the person wrong and all of that. Yeah, but then she also does like a super Karen thing where she's like, shouldn't you be saying, wow, I'm so impressed that you did this research and you figured out. Like, no, Ramona, you don't get a pat on your back because you learned For just knowing basic history. Yeah. That you just happen to have not learned in your school. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then also um, it was hilarious when they're at the speakeasy and they're taking pictures and Ramona's like, I don't like that it's black and white separated like this. It looks weird. (laughs) And Ebony says a lot of it is for Instagram. Yeah. But again, if if Ramona's making small changes, even if if the drive Just that awareness of it. Yeah. Yeah. The awareness is enough. And and Sonia says, you know, she's trying. She's really trying. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the most we can do. But I yeah. hope Ebony just watches this episode and takes a breather and like realizes that not everything needs to be a teachable moment. And also I will say, um, friend of the podcast, Ray Sani, mm-hmm. found sometimes in 2016 where Ebony said that Trump wasn't racist. Mm-hmm. Also, so she like I- re- reshared a post with her and Tommy Lahren. Yeah. But so you know, the point is that if you know if you can you are yeah. still evolving too. Yes, yes, that's a great point. So Ebony, 
you are still evolving too. Nobody is perfect. Nobody is perfect. And you're evolving too. Give some grace to Ramona. And the other thing is, I feel like the minute Bravo announced a Black Housewife, Ramona has been watching. Everybody went bonkers online and we all said, oh, cannot wait for Ramona to be racist Ramona to come out. Ramona is very aware of that. She's trying very hard not to come across as that. She's trying her best. Her best is not the best, but her best is her best. And she's trying. She's trying very hard not to fall for that and fall into that trap of her own making that she could very easily because of her mouth. And she's trying very hard for that. So she's hyper aware of it, as is Ebony. Yes. So Ebony is trying to catch her in a very racist moment and just try to make that point so she can make her point clearly. And Ramona knows that she could get caught and she's trying to avoid it. So they are, pl- they are having a dance with each other. But Ebony's actually better at the dance. Leah is trying really hard to catch Ramona. And I think yes. that Leah's the one that's going to end up making... Well, Leah's already right. made herself look like an yeah. idiot. But yeah. it's Leah who's really going to get onto that bone and not let go. And I'm excited for Leah to look stupid. Yeah, and part of Ebony's evolution will have to be holding Leah accountable. Yes. We're still waiting, Ebony. Yeah. We're still waiting. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about rehearsals of Beverly Hills. This episode, we got a lot of Scott Disick talk. We talk about Lisa Rinna and how concerned she might be for her daughter, Amelia, who is kind of dating Scott Disick. <laughs> and by concerned, we mean she fucking loves it. Oh, every minute of it. I mean, to f- to be better friends with Kristen uh, than uh, Kylis. Yes. She even brings it up. She's like, I wonder, like, should I text Chris and like ask what's going on? Like, okay, Lisa, you were just waiting for the opportunity to text Chris Jenner. Chris Jenner. Yes. Um, I'm waiting for Kyle to get pissed off at Lisa and them for having a better relationship with Chris. Having more lunches with Chris than she does. I can't wait. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. So we also get a lot of Erica. The, now, this is, this is I guess, this is fun, Erica. Mm-hmm. So Erica is going shopping this with Lisa This is high Erica. She's, she has TTC on her vagina. <laughs> but she's going shopping with Lisa Rinna. Mm-hmm. And this is when they bring up that tabloids sometimes are just saying stuff that isn't true. So Erica starts <laughs> to sort of drop this information in there about how uh, Garcelle asked her about some rumor that Tom is on a date with some other blonde woman. Now, if, I don't know if you remember, but a couple of months ago, Tom and Erica had like a very public situation with some other lawyer or judge who apparently had like a burner phone mm, and like yes. was texting with Erica. Dumb I judge. Think, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is it was it. like some other woman that Tom had been seeing See, and Erica yeah. had put it all on her Instagram. So yeah, I think yeah, that's yeah. what they're alluding to here. Yeah. But also Tom was on a date just last week with another blonde. So much for dementia. So much for dementia. Yeah. Now, um, Lisa keeps bringing up Scott Disick every opportunity she gets. And it almost initially I thought, oh, she's getting ahead of the rumor. And then I thought, haha, nope, this is Lisa Rinna. She's not getting ahead of the rumor. She is. She is making the. Yeah, she is (laughs) bolstering the rumor. (laughs) She is. In fact, she says 
hey, at least it's a headline and it's not about her eating disorder anymore. And I was like, oh, Lisa, Rena, oh, God. I was like, oh, this is a big yikes. Yeah. It was very cringy. But yep. um, Kathy was super funny. Kathy's like, Aww. yeah, when you meet Scott, you have to call him Lord and you need to curtsy every time you see him. <laughs> Now, we find out about Garcelle that she has a dating coach, who we met last week. Apparently, mm-hmm. her dating coach made her download, like, Bumble, which is, like, a dating app. Yeah. And I was like, wait a minute. I can work with somebody in Hollywood, probably get paid thousands of dollars to convince them to download a free dating app yeah. Yeah. that everybody And then help using. them analyze who they should go out on a date with and then give them feedback. Okay, what? Like, why am I not doing this job? And how do I? I don't know. How do... I don't what? know. I know why. I'm too far gone. <laughs> I got a PhD. I need to show some shit with my PhD. You, you could do. The world is your oyster. <laughs> You're like, listen, bitch. You are dumb enough to do something. <laughs> not dumb enough. You're smart enough to have many of these businesses happening at all times you could have a business happen you could have that going on right now okay i would love this i would love to become a dating coach Mm -hmm. who just gives people just the bare minimum information Mm -hmm. and it's like yeah i'll help you swipe left and right like yeah are you kidding me that's all you need to do missed opportunity yeah it's not a missed opportunity. It's an ignored opportunity. You're right. It is. I mean, it is a missed opportunity, and now it's an ignored opportunity because I didn't know you could do that. So if yes. I don't do something with it, then it is an ignored opportunity. You are ignoring an opportunity. I'm pissed <laughs> what do you off want me to you do? End the podcast right now and go start that business? You could be rich, bitch, and I could be your <laughs> friend off. <laughs> what if we add a Patreon I could be tier? your Faye Resnick. You could. You could. What if we add a Patreon tier that's a dating coach? (laughs) To the Patreon that we don't have. Okay. Yeah, add it. Add it. Why not? In this imaginary No, 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 no. We should have an auntie um, advice, uh, you know, tier. Oh, my God. We should. I could so awesome. I'm so good at advice. Yeah, I am. We're really good at giving advice. We're not very good at taking advice. Yeah, we don't know what to do with our lives, but we can (laughs) certainly tell you what to do with yours. Exactly. Exactly. The other big thing that happens this episode is, as usual, Kyle fucking Richards has Mm -hmm. to stir the goddamn pot. So we, last episode, I thought the Sutton and Crystal thing was put to bed, but... Nope. Not for Kyle. Now that Kyle and Dorit have, quote unquote, made up because of Mm -hmm. their crazy fight on the plane, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now they feel like they can just talk about Crystal and Sutton the whole time. We talked about Violate and it came up again. And what do you feel now? I still feel the same. Mm -hmm. And I got really upset because everybody is... So everybody's sitting at the table and this word violated comes up again and everyone gets really, really angry with mm. everybody gets really pushy with Crystal and is like, Crystal, that word is, uh, it implies something sexual. Mm-hmm. And Sutton gets really upset and Sutton's like, you don't want to see me angry, Crystal, and you need to have a sense of humor. This is what I love. So in this scenario now, I'm yeah. happy that Crystal didn't get put, pushed around. 
she yes. stays she stays true to what she meant and what she knows and what she felt and i was so proud i was so proud of that part sutton is wigging out mm-hmm. sutton seems to keep freaking out about stuff mm-hmm. and she's not freaking out once or twice with with a few people she's she did it with dorit last year Right. She did it in the restaurant with the kicking and the, is everybody talking about me? Uh-huh. And now she's doing it again. And it's, it's Sutton is, like we said, private experience, Shannon Bedore of Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. Like, it's too much. Um, and it's crazy because Sutton says, oh, it wasn't sexual. And I, I don't know why you're using the word violate. And it makes me look like I'm some sort of a creeper. Okay, uh, wait, let me start over. All this happens because <laughs> Kathy – No, first, <laughs> Kathy Hilton calls Sutton Thomasina, which is apparently cute a cute nickname for Peeping Tom because <laughs> Kyle had a conversation with Sutton about how Crystal said that Kyle – how Kyle has a conversation with Sutton about how Crystal said Sutton violated her – Sutton says, what, like I'm a peeping Tom. Yeah. Kyle tells the story back to Kathy. <laughs> Kathy makes a joke of it at dinner, and then Sutton starts to unravel again. And I was oh. like, you know what? This is a problem because of Kyle. Yes. <laughs> Kyle doesn't the know when to shut the fuck is, up. It's Kyle. Kyle is the issue here. Kyle is keeping it up. And she said, I wouldn't want anything small to become an issue. Well, Kyle, you are making everything an issue. You're making something small to be either. It's either small or too big. And yeah. it's not, it's, it's not your business. It's not your business. Sutton, uh, they keep saying, I don't think Crystal, they keep saying to Kristen, all the ladies keep saying, I don't think that Sutton violated you. I don't think mm-hmm. Sutton violated you. And we said this yeah. last week and we say it again. Just because Crystal feels violated doesn't necessarily mean that Sutton actually tried to violate her. However, mm-hmm. that doesn't negate Crystal feeling a certain way. Kyle yeah. is like, oh, if somebody walked in on me, I wouldn't feel violated. And it's like, okay, Kyle, just that because you wouldn't anything. feel that way doesn't mean that Crystal cannot feel that way. And it almost seems exactly. like they get more upset about the word violated than how Crystal actually feels. And that is a problem. Crystal has told them, I have body image issues. I have an eating mm-hmm. disorder. And you would think somebody like Rinna, who has a daughter with an eating mm-hmm. disorder, you would think that she would understand, but she doesn't. Crystal feels violated. She's not saying yeah. that Sutton violated her, but she's yeah, saying, she, I feel violated. Right. And I I was also, I have to apologize too. I took it the other way too when I first heard that violated. Yeah. And I, I was yeah. also in the same boat as the other women. But, but I also agreed that if she felt violated, she felt violated. You can't tell if her she that she felt what feel, she yeah. felt. I yeah. was just saying that maybe she felt uncomfortable. Violated seemed like a strong word, and I yeah. can understand why that would trigger somebody else. But at the same time, if she keeps saying that to you, then she means it, and so you need to, uh, uh, you know, respect that. Yeah, and Sutton saying, "I'm sorry that you felt that way. I'm sorry that no. that you got uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry that you got uncomfortable. I didn't mean it." is not Mm -hmm. anything bad. You can just fucking say it and move on. Mm -hmm. And Sutton's like, why does it keep coming up? 
but it only keeps coming up sudden because of Kyle. And then yeah. as soon as Kyle and Dorit realize that they've created a mess, Dorit is like, Crystal's story is changing. Yeah. I don't know what the story is that Crystal is sharing, but her yeah. story has changed. Because the first time she said it, she made it sound like it was very creepy and it was very weird. Mm-hmm. And it's like these women don't fucking listen, first of all. And then mm-hmm. they make a mountain out of a molehill. And then when everybody freaks out because there's a mountain made, they're like, oh, but it's not our fault because you're the one that did it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like insert gif of Rena screaming gaslighting because yes. this is so dumb. But what I loved, yeah. I love the fact that Crystal is completely unbothered. The more worked I, up Sutton yeah. gets, the more Crystal just laughs at her. Mm-hmm. And then I think that, I think she knows that that makes Sutton even more angry. Mm-hmm. So then Crystal just laughs again. Yeah. It's a very Shannon Bedore situation. It's it's very it Shannon Bedore, Heather DeBro. It is, isn't it? Is. It? it is. Um, Sutton is totally Shannon Bedore. Yeah, and Crystal is being Heather. Yes, and the more oh. the more calm Crystal stays, the more mm-hmm. angry Sutton gets. Yeah, there's a preview for next week that's already out, which yeah. is already cracking me up. What? I haven't seen that. What is okay, it? Okay, the preview is that it's Garcelle's birthday. Uh-huh. And all the ladies are going to get together. And yeah. uh, and Lisa has mentioned, I'm going to get a cake. She tells everybody, I'm going to get a cake. If you want to get a present, you can. No big deal. Uh-huh. So they're at a lunch, and everybody starts to give presents. Mm-hmm. And Kathy, Kyle, and Crystal go in on a gift for Garcelle. Kathy, Kyle, and Crystal. Okay. Okay. Lisa, Rinna, and Rinna and Erica go in on a gift of for course. Garcelle. Yeah, of course. And Dorit goes in, just gets a gift for Garcelle. Yes. Sutton has not gotten a gift for her. <gasps> and Sutton starts to get really worked up at the table, and she's putting on her makeup, and she's being really weird, and Kyle's like, what's wrong? And she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. Because she suddenly realizes everybody – brought a gift and didn't hey this is the kind of this is the kind of stuff that you should be mad that they didn't share with you Sutton by the way yeah this is the kind of stuff that nobody bothered to ask you if you wanted to go in with them yeah but like also you got so worked up like she gets but so also you were up. coming to a birthday also also bring? everybody told you you can bring and a gift you if are you, clo- want to. you are the closest to Garcelle yep Hmm. So Crystal, so Sutton is a little, you know, she's mm-hmm. she seems unwell, we'll say, mm-hmm. yeah. And so she's acting in this way. But again, we must we must identify this. The reason why this is all made worse is because Kyle Richards is a fucking shit stir, mm-hmm. and and they lack, and she lacks the self awareness as usual mm-hmm. to realize that, and she yeah. needs to go into her hall of mirrors. I think she's quite self-aware of that. She just doesn't care. She uh, This is what she thinks is what her audience wants to see. I wonder sometimes because Kyle is an anxious person, mm-hmm. I wonder if she enjoys having more anxious people around her because then she feels better about she herself. Feels, yeah, see, she said that she's very good at calming people and taking care of them. 
So she needs somebody to take care of at all times. It's either Kim or Kathy or yes. Crystal or Sutton. The, the weaker the person around her, she feels powerful. Also, Kathy calls Dorit her British gal. <laughs> or her English gal. She's, she's, she's going around the table. She's talking about how important it is to just mm-hmm. speak to people directly. And then she says, you know, like my buddy here. Uh, my English, my English girl. <laughs> and Dorit's face, they cut to her face and it's so hilarious. She's like, what? And then Erica keeps going, she's from Connecticut, babe. She's from Connecticut. <laughs> and Kathy's like, you know what I mean. You know. You know what I mean. She's like, I, and even Dorit's like, I'm not English. <laughs> When Dorit first came on TV, I remember asking, is this an American with the weird foreign accent or is this a non-American? Is it a non-American with trying to do an American accent? Yeah, I couldn't a, quite tell. It's great. Also, Kathy She's says... She's a child of the world. Also, um, when Lisa Rinna is saying, oh, by the way, my daughter's dating Scott Disick. Dorit says, Mazel Tov or no? <laughs> and then <laughs> Kathy goes, what's Mazel Tov? And, and, you know, she's like, congratulations. And Dorit's like, it means, it means like congratulations. And then mm-hmm. Kathy, they ask her in the confessional, like, what does Mazel Tov mean to you? Kathy goes, you know, like, uh, congratulations, a good job, Merry yeah. Christmas. I was like, what? <laughs> Her sister is Jewish. <laughs> Kyle is Jewish. She's raising Jewish children. And Kathy doesn't know what Mazel Tov means. You live like this is why. Okay, this is why anybody who anybody who believes in some fucking yeah. anti-Semitic uh, yeah. conspiracy theory that you know Jews run Hollywood. Here's mm. proof that they don't actually, because fucking Kathy Hilton doesn't even know what Mazel Tov means. Okay. <laughs> uh. But okay. yeah, I, I, I am trying to figure out if is Kathy Hilton, is that really how she is? is yeah. This, or is this something that's an elaborate thing that she's putting on? No, I think this is who she is. <laughs> I think this is exactly, you know, her uh, best friend. Do you know who her best friend was? One of her best friends? Who? Michael Jackson. Really? Yes. Kathy Hilton? Yes. And that is why she has a daughter named Paris and Michael oh, Jackson yes. had a daughter named Paris. Is because they had made a pact that when they have daughters, they're going to name them Paris. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, the onion that you peel. <laughs> <laughs> as, as Romona says, I'm peeling the onion, the Kathy Hilton onion. <laughs> Actually, as Avery says to Ramona. Avery says to Ramona, peel the onion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So, um, so I think that they are actually real life friends. But yeah. you know, I hate to say it. Okay, I hate to say it. Yeah, I know say Erica. It. I know Erica is a monster. Okay, guys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I like watching her on TV. No, I'm sorry. I do. <laughs> this sorry. is what happened. This is what vacation does to you. <laughs> You it know what messes else it up is? your it messes yeah. up your thought process. It has also because I've like not really been on Instagram as much, so like I'm not mm-hmm. consuming all of the Erica ness of it all. Yeah, you know? yeah. So I think that that's also affecting how I feel. 
No. Is I'm like, no. oh, I guess, yeah, she's fun. Whatever. No. Look at her no. putting on a Christmas hat and shopping. Like, I <laughs> no, I, I know. I know. I know. Okay, I know. I need to snap out of it. Yeah, snap out of it. I, I want to do the old um, Bruce Wayne, Robin, <laughs> and <laughs> Batman slap and say, snap I, out of it. I am your Robin. Oh, no. I am your Robin. No. I'm your Robin. <laughs> That's true. You do everything. I just show up. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's yeah. it for. Oh, oh, one more thing. Uh, Garcelle was on Watch What Happens, and they asked her about the documentary, mm. and she said that she was very surprised, and they haven't at, at the time. They so. Andy said all of the stuff that came out about Tom, did you guys mm-hmm. know at the time that you're filming the show? Uh-huh. And Garcelle said, we did not know that information about Tom mm-hmm. at the time that we were filming it. But she said, but now I know. Mm-hmm. And holy shit, Tom did some really terrible things. Yeah. So I think it's so- going to be interesting to see at the reunion, at least, how this yeah. unravels. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've okay. not seen any more of those like super bonding Dory, Erica, Kyle posts in a while. Okay. So it might be that maybe they watched a documentary and PK said, pack up your bags, babe. <laughs> 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 we got to get away from these ladies. Yeah, um, he might have to say it to boy George. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think PK left Boy George in the old house when they moved? No. Or did he bring them with them? He's his cash cow. <laughs> he's not going to leave his cash cow behind. <laughs> he's still standing he's behind waiting. the. He's still standing behind the drapes that are covering the mold, <laughs> waiting to be asked to sing. <laughs> he's like PK. How about now? <laughs> Speaking of like, no, not yet, babe. It's not, not the time's not right, babe. <laughs> All you see is like boy George shoes behind the curtains, <laughs> under the curtains. <laughs> and he uh, is just like sitting around in the living room eating his fourth breakfast <laughs> and hiding it. How? Where do you? Where do you think PK hides all his food? I'm sure in his body. Like no, I have a feeling like there's a hamburger hidden behind every book, every, every, every Grammy, every whatever he has, or whatever you know, it's like one of under the sink, under the table. Yeah, it's like in case of emergency, break glass. Yeah, <laughs> and inside of it is just like a, it's like a cheeseburger it's value just... meal. <laughs> and he has a little hammer to yeah. And when Dorit gets mad at him, she hides the hammer. <laughs> okay, what a show we just made. Anybody who's listening, okay, feel yeah. free to write that sketch. Okay? We just want to have a show about. Okay. Yeah, and his diabetes, and how he doesn't know how to manage it. <laughs> I want Pekis. I forget about Erica's journey. Okay. I want Pekis, uh, you know, diabetes journey. <laughs> yeah, I love. I love that you're like. <laughs> even last episode, you were like, "I don't care about Erica. I'm focusing how this party is in Parisian enough." This episode, you're like, "I don't really care about Erica. I want to think about where where Pekis hiding his cheeseburgers." <laughs> 
oh. anything but the Erica story because I don't I refuse to give her any time or attention. I will say that you can definitely tell that there is more of a genuine friendship between the women right now. Yes. Yes. Except for Dorit. Does she do you feel like she's kind of being left out? I think she's very cautiously not saying a lot of stuff, but when she but does she's not take- she's not team Crystal or Garcelle or Sutton. She's not team Oh no um, no this, Kyle. This she's she's somewhere in the middle. No, no, this episode she was much more uh, uh, Yeah. I'll yeah, I guess. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll edit this out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was it. So we will talk to you guys on a regular scheduled time on Wednesday when we talk mm-hmm. about Mary to Medicine and Shaws of Sunset. And a week from now. Mm-hmm. A week from Potomac. now? Is it a week from now? <gasps> yeah. Potomac is back. Potomac is back. And a day before Potomac is back, you're back in Maryland. I am. Wait, is Potomac back on the 12th? Yeah. It's <gasps> the day. Yeah. Gasp. Should I extend it and then we can watch it together on Monday night? <gasps> Would you? I can. I have a job and yeah. kids. Like, I just kids. said it right yeah. now and then I yeah. was like, this is insane. <laughs> anyway. What if, you, what if you miss driving back? You don't have, you're coming by, you're coming by train or? Yeah, I'm driving my car. Like, what if oh, I just okay. lose my car? <laughs> what if you just lose your car for one whole day and then you yeah. don't come back? You don't know where you parked it. Yes. My husband will love that. So will my employer. I parked it somewhere in D.C. It's still there. I just don't know where. Because (laughs) I was too drunk. And I don't know where I was. Yeah. It was dark. Yeah. Arthi put too much masala in my fondue. (laughs) I will bring the chili. I'm going to bring it. I'm so excited. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye.